0: Today on the show, I've got some tips and advice for those who are getting ready to go off to college. This is Life After Sight Loss Radio, Episode 51. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, a.k.a. visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews, we talk life advice, encouragement, how-tos, emotional support, relationships, technology, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Hey there, guys. Thank you for joining me this week. We're going to have a great time time. We're talking about going off to college. Maybe you're not in a position to go to college, but maybe you know somebody who is, and maybe you can share this with somebody who's getting ready to go off to college. Maybe you've gone to college and you've got some tips and advice as well. Today, we're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to have a coaching corner about purpose, finding purpose, even if you don't have a job, because sometimes we think our jobs give us purpose. And we're talking technology, and we're going to discuss Ira, Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. You're going to hear about it later on today, so we're going to talk about that and so much more. But before we do, just as a reminder, as always, you can find today's show notes at com slash 051. That's right. We're on episode 51 now, running down the track, com slash 051. At the show notes, you're going to find links, information, ways to subscribe and stay connected. So make sure you hop on over and visit those show notes at LifeAfterSightLoss.com You know, I was talking to my wife the other day about jobs because uh, there are statistics out there that suggest that nearly three-fourths or nearly 75% of visually impaired people are unemployed. I mean, that's a high, high number. And while we could talk all day about finding jobs and all that sort of thing, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. Today, I wanted to talk for just a second about purpose, because a lot of times in the culture we live in and many other cultures, purpose is found in what you do. I don't think that's necessarily true, but that's sometimes what we believe. We find purpose in what we do. And when you don't have a job, when you're not providing money, then sometimes you can feel like, well, I have no purpose or I don't serve any purpose anymore. And that's just not true. So I wanted to take just a minute to kind of encourage you guys with a couple of things. One, if you don't have a job, don't beat yourself up. Like I said, many of us are unemployed. I'm technically unemployed. I mean, I'm I'm a stay at home dad, so that's commendable. But I don't necessarily go to a nine to five job and get a paycheck. Yes, I have things that I'm doing, but that's you know I'm part of that. So don't feel bad. Don't feel like you're you know purposeless and wasteful and all that sort of thing. You're not. Don't feel negative just because you don't have a job. But secondly, I want I wanted to give you some advice and give you some encouragement to find something that you can do that gives you purpose. Now, again, I don't want to say that your purpose is found in what you do, but maybe you have a hobby. Maybe you have something that you enjoy. And and when I say give you purpose, I don't mean that it's going to dramatically change your life. I mean it's going to help you wake up every day and do something that day. Maybe it's, you know, every day you're going to learn a new recipe and you're going to make it for your family. Maybe that kind of gives you a little bit of push every single day day. Uh, maybe it's something where you're going to start exercising and every day you're going to commit to taking a walk and it's like, hey, how many miles did you walk today? That sort of thing. Maybe think of it as something that people can ask you about. You know, in those two examples, your friends might say, hey, what recipe did you learn this week? Hey, how many miles did you walk today? That sort of thing. So for example, in my case, my wife always asked me, hey, what's the podcast going to be about this week? What, what are your videos about? When are you going to record? And we have that conversation. It gives me something to do that other people can talk to me about. So if you don't have a job, hey, don't worry about it. I'm not saying don't go find a job. If you want to find a job, contact Vocational Rehabilitation in your area. You know, Just look it up and, and they'll help you find a job. It takes a little while, but if you're legally blind, they will help you find a job. So that's always an encouragement. But if you don't have a job right now, find something that you can do every single day that will give you some sort of motivation to wake up and say, I'm going to do this today. And maybe your friends and family start asking you about it. And all of a sudden it becomes that thing that you do and keeps you focused and keeps you moving forward. So maybe you're in that place where you're trying to find something, but you're not sure what it is, and you'd love to bounce some ideas off of someone. I'd love to do that for you, and entering into a coaching relationship would be awesome. So make sure to visit lifeaftersightloss.com coaching to find out all the information about how to start a coaching relationship today. Last week on the podcast, I talked about all kinds of personal stories. By the way, if you haven't heard that episode, I'd love for you to check it out. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 050. You can check out episode 50 where I shared a whole bunch of personal stories. And by the way, thank you to all the people who sent me a message, a tweet or whatever congratulating me on episode 50. I really appreciate that. But now we're on episode 51. And one of the things I shared in that episode was talking about going to college. Well, I got an email from somebody and they asked me about going to college. college. They're 17, getting ready to go off to college in the fall, and they've got a lot of stuff happening, and they're like, do you have any advice for somebody going to college? And I was like, yes, I do. And so today I thought I'd talk about just a few things, a few tips, a few areas of advice that I have for going off to college. Now, just as a little reminder, precursor here, I lost my sight in June of 2001, right before I went to college. I was prepared. I had my college dorm. I was ready to go. Classes were scheduled, and all of a sudden, I lost my sight. So I was in a real uh, pickle, if you will. (laughs) I ended up staying home one semester and going the next. But I know what it's like to go off to college as a visually impaired person. So like I said, maybe you're not in a place to go to college yet. Maybe you've already been, whatever the case is. But these tips can help somebody who's going to college and probably can help many people. But I wanted to share my personal experience and share some tips and advice. So without further ado, let's jump into it. A few tips and pieces of advice if you're planning on going off to college and you're visually impaired. All right, so the first thing is I encourage you to make several campus trips if at all possible. Now, maybe the campus is somewhere like three states away or something, and that's maybe not possible, but maybe you can take a weekend and go visit the campus. The reason I suggest this is because that way you get a feel for the campus. You get a feel for where things are. You can walk it with your sighted companions, whether that's parents or uh, siblings or friends or whatever. You know, maybe other people can go with you. Maybe one weekend your uh, mom can go, maybe your dad, maybe your you know, older brother, whatever it is. But that way you're getting a feel for the entire campus and not only the campus, but the city around the campus. Because a lot of times in a college town, the whole city kind of interacts with the campus. I know that when I went to college first, uh the town kind of was involved and you'd go down the street and around the city to get to other campuses. And it was kind of like, I don't know, kind of, uh, like a web, if you will, you know, and it went out into the city. So make sure you're checking it all out. And that way you're getting a feel for not only the campus, but the city. And it feels a lot more comfortable as you keep going back each and every time. So number one, go out and visit that campus as many times as you can. Next up, you want to talk to those people at student services. Now, it might be called something different at the college you're going to. You want to look it up. Maybe it's called disability services. Maybe it's called student services. Uh, Maybe it's called, you know, something to do with help and support, things of that nature. And the reason you want to talk to them is because they're going to be your first line of defense when it comes to getting all the assistive technology that you need. Now, you might be working with maybe a voc rehab counselor who's helping you go to school, but if you're young, you're probably Probably going to talk to those student services people. They're the office that's going to help you get more time on a test to help you, you know, find computers that have access. Now you might already have stuff in your room, but they're going to help you find the places on campus that have that. They're going to help you talk to your professors. You know, they're going to do a lot of things that maybe you're confused about, especially if you recently lost your sight. I know when I lost my sight just months before I went, I ended up talking to these people, and the first college I went to was so great. They were helpful. They were supportive. They had technology and they told me how to talk to people you know my professors and students and things like that so make sure you find that office make a phone call send emails maybe find you know somebody there that you can befriend like hey Susie can you help me out you know with this sort of thing and then that way when you're on campus you can call up Susie and say hey you know can you help me out with this here's the thing student services especially for the disability people there's not gonna not everybody on campus is going to go to them so you're going to develop sort of a small knit kind of community there anyway so call up hey Susie it's Joe what's going on. I need help with this. What should I do about this? That sort of thing. They're going to help you. So make sure one of the first things you do is contact those people at student services. Number 3, I would advise you to talk to other people that are going to go to this college. Maybe you have other students in your school, depending on where you go to school, who are going to go to the same college. I encourage you to talk to them about their experience, you know, what they're going for, where they're going to hang out, where maybe their room is if they know it already, that sort of thing. Because that will help you start a community of people before you even get there. You know, you're like, "Hey, me and Joe and Ann and and Sam are all going to hang out on Friday." Uh, I already know these people because I've already talked to them and they are, we're going to go to Anne's place and I know where that is because she told me about it. Anne's going to come pick me up if I need a ride. You know, whatever it is, you've already built this sort of community with people who are going there. And they're probably going there for a specific reason as well. Maybe it's a program they want. Maybe it's the campus. Maybe it's close to home. Maybe it's far from home. You know, it just depends. But they probably have a reason for going there too. And another thing this does is it helps normalize your experience. What I mean by that is, You know, when you're going to college, especially as a visually impaired person, you can almost feel like the elephant in the room. You know, uh, the the weird thing like hanging over here. Well, there's a blind kid. That's weird. It's kind of like when you go to the movies and somebody's like, Why is there a blind person here? But if you're talking to Joe and Ann and Susie and whoever else, then all of a sudden you're talking about things that are just normal, you know, your college experience. Yeah, maybe you share your blindness experience with them, but all of a sudden you're sharing stories and laughing and having a good time, and then you meet up at school and you have lunch together and you're just normalize your experience. And so it's really okay. You just happen to be blind and they have their own things to deal with, but that way you're normalizing things and you're building a community of people before you even step foot on the campus. Number four on the list is to do some research about some groups you might like to interact with before you go. Maybe you want to join a fraternity or sorority. Maybe there's a group of a sports team you want to interact with. Maybe there's a club you want to be a part of. Go ahead and do some research and find out... What are these clubs I can join? And not only that, find out what is the process to join? Where are they located? Maybe talk to somebody and share your concerns. Like, I'm blind. I'm going to try how to get there. You can probably... Uh, you'll find ways to build community before you even arrive with these other clubs because if you talk to somebody there who's already part of it and they're recruiting for people, they're probably going to be more than willing to help you out and maybe come find you and say, "Hey, I'm going to be there. I'm going to I'm going to have a red sweater on with a white cane. You'll probably notice me or you know, whatever." And they're going to be willing to help you out. College is a great place because everybody's learning about things. You know, it's it's a lot of new stuff to people, and the people that have been there already have been there before, and so they know what it's like maybe not what it's like to be blind but at least what it's like to be a new student so find some information on some groups give them a phone call send them an email and say hey i'm interested in this can you tell me more about it can you tell me how to join what it's like to join where you're located ask those kinds of questions and get help before you even go check out those groups because that will get you involved and that'll keep you out of the dorm room which is usually a pretty good place to be Number 5 on this list and maybe this is an odd one because just depending on your situation and and what you like I would suggest to have a roommate if at all possible. The first college I went to I did not have a roommate. Uh I had my guide dog and it was just me and the dog and he was pretty low conversation. I didn't have a roommate. It was pretty lonely. Now I did meet a couple of people eventually and that was okay, but in my second college when I transferred, I had a roommate. Now, I, let me say it this way. I had a mate. In the college I went to, we ended up staying in a place where they had a you'd walk in the door and they had a common little room. And then on each side, you had your, quote, dorm rooms. And so on one side was me with my dog. And on the other side was my roommate and then his roommate. And by the second semester, it was just me and my roommate, my good friend that I talked about in last week's episode about how grateful I was to have him and that sort of thing. So he was so helpful to me. He was encouraging. He was there. He had somebody to talk to, somebody to ask questions of, that, that sort of thing. So if you can have a roommate, I think it's really beneficial. I'm not saying it's a necessity, like you've got to have a roommate or your life at college is going to suck. But if you can have a roommate, I think it's really, really helpful. So, you know, you can always just take the risk and, and meet somebody brand new and maybe they'll be helpful. Or maybe you can, like I said, find somebody who's going to the college and ask if they want to be roommates and that sort of thing. But if you can get a roommate, I think it really helps in the long run. Again, it's not a necessity. You'll make it through and it'll be fine without a roommate. But if you can have one, I think it'll be helpful in the long run. Number six on our list is to try your best to go a few days early and start walking your routes to your classes, to the dining area, to the library, to the different places you want to visit. Try to go as early as possible. Now, maybe there's a certain time you can move into the dorm room. Obviously, you can't move in until they allow you to, but maybe you go a couple days, you stay in a hotel close, and you just start walking the place. And you say, okay, I'm going to walk my route to my Monday classes, my Tuesday classes. I'm going to walk the route to the library. I'm going to see how how to get from here, because then if you have a couple of days to work those things out, you can try different routes. You can say, okay, what happens if I'm in this class and I need to go to the library? What happens if I'm at lunch and I need to go to this class? Well, what happens if this hour I'm going to go to this group or whatever? That way you have time to do it. And so I just want to encourage you, if you can go a couple of days early to your to your college and not even visiting. This is just, you're ready to go. You've got your class list, you've got the layout of the land, you've got the map, whatever you got, and you just start traveling the way. You know, you're going to burn a lot of calories, so that's really good, and you're going to be able to know that area. Remember, you've hopefully already visited the campus a few times before, so you got a feel for the place. Now, you're going to take that general feeling and put it down into more specifics as you go to your classes, as you go to the library, as you go to the different places from your dorm room, back and forth. And I think that'll be really, really helpful. Taking those extra days to learn your routes. And finally, number seven here is to become your own advocate. Now, this is a very general idea in life. I think we should all be our own advocates. I think we should speak up for ourselves. We should say what we want and try to figure it out if at all possible. But in college especially, when you go to college, a lot of times we feel like, hey, the college is supposed to tell me what to do, tell me where to go, talk to my professors, all these sort of things. And they will in some instances, but a lot of times they're not going to be the best about it. So if you can become your own advocate, it'll help you in the long run. I remember when I went to college, especially my second one, I would walk into class on the first day and take a piece of paper and hand it to them. And it was a letter or you know kind of a thing explaining my situation, explaining my level of vision, what I had, what I would need. And I would have a conversation with them right then and there. And then that way, when I came to them later and said, hey, I need this, they remembered me, they knew who I was, they appreciated the fact that I came to them on the first day and talked to them. I remember I had one professor uh, at my first college, actually, who was great. He would uh, tell me to come to his office and he would read the tests to me from his office. Now, sometimes you just get, you know, a volunteer and they'll read the test and that's great. But I had a professor who did it for me. That was awesome. At my second college, I had a professor who said, what would be the easiest way for you to take a test? And at the time I had a laptop with, you know, Zoom text on it and we were using floppy disks, and which you know it was like, how old is this you know person? We were using floppy disks, so what he would do is he would take the test that he typed out on his computer, transfer it or save it onto the floppy disk. I'd come into class with my laptop, he'd give me the disk, I'd put it into my computer, I'd put all my answers in, save it put it to the disc, and give it back to him. And that's how he would grade my test. Now, that was a little extra work on his part, but because I'd went to him at the beginning and I talked to him and he was a kind person, he went out of his way for me. And I think that will help you so immensely. If you can put a face with a name, if you can put a personality and say, hey, I'm blind, but I just need a little bit of help. I really am excited about this class. They'll probably engage you in the conversation of not only your disability, but the class itself. And so it's a great thing to become your own advocate. Whenever you go to college. So there you go, my friends. Seven tips on heading off to college as a visually impaired person. Now, that's just seven things that I came up with myself. I'm sure there are tons more. There are transition things to learn about. There are you know, all kinds of things to do, but it's important to remember that your experience as a visually impaired person is just one part of the college experience. There's so much else that's going to happen that you're going to be able to partake in, and it's going to be really exciting from classes to living in a dorm room to going to the dining hall to all kinds of great stuff. I mean, Some of the greatest friends that you may have might, be college friends and so I encourage you to experience it all. Yes, you might have visual impairment. Yes, you might have to deal with a few things that other students don't have to deal with but in the long run, it's just part of life and I want to encourage you to have a great time to enjoy yourself but I think one thing that we've learned from all of these tips and from many other things is to be prepared. Be as prepared as you possibly can be going in with as much confidence as possible and that will help you to alleviate headaches, to alleviate stress and make you as as prepared as possible when you head off to college. Alright, so we're talking technology, and what we're talking about today is IRA. Now, if you've never heard of IRA, let me give you just a brief explanation about it. It is a service that is provided, and they use technology like glasses and your cell phone to connect with you. And you can talk to a live person. It's kind of like, you know, having another set of eyes in your pocket. So, what they'll do is they'll use that camera, they'll use your cell phone and the connectivity there, and they'll be able to see what you see and describe it to you in real time. So maybe they're seeing, I don't know, a street sign. Maybe they're seeing a restaurant menu. Maybe they're seeing um, something that you're trying to find in your house. It could be a lot of different things, but they're able to see that. And not only that... They're able to take a picture of it, zoom in on it, and they can also access the internet. So maybe you go to a restaurant, they can pull up the menu before you even get there and help you with that. Maybe you're taking a route that you always take and all of a sudden it's blocked by a construction or something. They can help you navigate around it by, you know, using where you at and where you are, excuse me, and GPS location. So it's a really cool service, and it's really interesting because there's a bit of controversy, I think, with some people. They think, wow, you're just depending on sighted people all of a sudden, even more so. You need to have blind skills, and you need to have, you know, the ability to be independent. And here's the thing. What I read from Ira's website was one of the things that they do is if you're not using a cane or a guide dog, they will disconnect the call because they are not there to take the place Of your blind skills, they said. They're there just to be a visual interpreter. And so it's a really interesting concept. And if you've never heard of it, you can check them out at ira.io. That's A I R A. Io, and I'll put a link in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 051, but you can check them out, find out more about them. Their cost is a bit interesting right now. They are a subscription-based service, and their costs are a little high at this point, in my opinion. However, I am fully aware that when something starts up like this, because they've only been around a couple of years, their initial costs are going to be more. But their hope is to get lots of different places to pay for the service for people, because what you do right now is you pay for x amount of minutes per month to access the service so hopefully in the future airports and malls and restaurants and lots of different cities even will pay for the ira minutes so people can use it totally free and that would be really cool i'm going to put information in the show notes about ira and if you haven't checked it out if you have heard of it i'd love to hear your opinion on it i'm hoping to try it out in the very near future so i can put information here on the podcast and on my youtube channel about ira what it's all about if it's really helpful if there is an emotional connection you know if you really like wow this is great or not and i'd love to hear your opinion about it as well but ira check it out at the show notes i'd love to hear your opinion all right guys well that brings us here towards the end of the podcast and as always i want to remind you that i love hearing from you I love when people send me emails, messages, voicemails, whatever it is. And today, obviously, we've been talking about going off to college and that sort of thing. So keeping that in mind, I'd love to ask, what's your opinion about going to college? Have you been there? Have you planned on going there? What's your thoughts on some of the tips I gave? What are your tips? I'd love to hear from you. And you can do that a few different ways. First of all, send me that email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. I check that every single day. You can tweet me at the Derek Daniel. And you can also send me... A voicemail, and the number to do that is 317 721 1027. Now, my apologies for anybody who's international. I just found out that that number will not work for international calls, but you can always send me an audio message via email if you want. I'll take it that way for sure. But if you're local, you can call 317 721 1027. And when you leave a voicemail or audio message or anything else, remember, I'm going to feature that on the podcast. So share whatever you'd like to share. I'll edit it down a little bit and then then I'll put it on the podcast for the world to hear your voice. So again, let's hear about your experience with college, going to college. Uh, Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you're getting ready to experience it. I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to hear from you and whatever you have to say. So let me know about it. And I look forward to hearing from you very, very soon. All right, guys. Well, I just want to give you a couple of housekeeping items. As always, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do that at the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 051. And that'll give you buttons right under the player for Google Play, for Apple Podcasts, for Stitcher. You can subscribe on Android. I want you to hear the podcast and I want you not to miss another episode because we've got a lot of great stuff coming up in the future. So make sure you hop on over to the show notes and subscribe to the show. And if you're feeling kind, I would love for you to take a few minutes to give a rating and review for the podcast in Apple Podcasts. It's pretty easy to do. You just give a star rating, you know, five stars, whatever, and then you leave a little review. So other people, when they find the podcast, they can say, hey, what's this all about? And click on real life review. So if you'd be so kind to do that, I'd really appreciate it. And like I said, guys, if you want to get in touch with me, I love hearing from you. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact and you'll find out all the ways to get in touch with me, all the social media and everything. And by the way, if you haven't liked the Facebook page yet, make sure you do that because I post stuff over there that you won't find anywhere else. So hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.contact to get all the information about that. And that brings us to the end. I want to thank you for listening. And I want to remind you that all the information found in today's podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.